0: So for those of us here in the room and those online, God bless you and thanks for downloading this. Let's talk a bit about adultery today. Let's talk talk about what it is and by God's grace how we can avoid it. Anybody can commit adultery. Anybody there's a scary statistic that I was researching just this week. I know you can prove anything with statistics, but the one I drew upon was that in church life, more women commit adultery than men. I think in popular thought, that adultery seems to be the domain of men who act like James Bond or whatever uh, And go from woman to woman. In fact, um, in the Christian world, it's more women that that commit adultery than men. Of course, what we ought to say, statistically, is that more women are caught than men. And that's a slightly different thing, isn't it? Let's read a bit of Proverbs chapter 5. And uh, I know some of you listening to me today are single and you may feel this doesn't apply to you. Of course, even if you're single, you can meet a married man or a married woman. And you can have that problem. Proverbs 5, let's pick it up in verse 3. For the lips of an adulteress drip honey. And her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged. He already begins to contrast what adultery is. It begins with honey. And it ends as gall. It begins with something smooth. But it ends with a sword. Verse 5, it says, her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life. Her paths are crooked, but she knows it not. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your best strength to others. Verse 12, you will say how I hated discipline, how my heart spurned correction. I I don't want to hear this. If it feels good, I want to do it. But he says, how you hated correction. He says, I would not obey my teachers, verse 13, or listen to my instructions. I have come to the brink of utter ruin in the midst of the whole assembly. Drink water from your own cistern. Running water from your own well. One man said, well, I haven't got a cistern. Well, you better not have a drink then. Verse 18, may your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. Verse 20, why be captivated, my son, by an adulteress? Why embrace the bosom of another man's wife? For a man's ways are in full view of the Lord. And he examines all his paths. The evil deeds of a wicked man ensnare him. The cords of his sin hold him fast. He will die for lack of discipline. Led astray by his own great folly. Lord, bless us by the power of your spirit. As we handle this word today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. How do people commit adultery? How do people do it? what 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 happens? The first thing we ought to say is there's two kinds of adultery, isn't there? There's sort of two kinds. One is physical, the other is emotional. They're, they're both interconnected, of course. One kind of adultery is this: that suddenly you find yourself in bed with someone you shouldn't be, and it's 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 physical, it's hormonally driven, lust-driven, and that can happen to people. When I was travelling through Brazil, I don't think I've ever told this story in public, so forgive me if you think this is. Uh, Not appropriate to share, but it's the truth. When I was traveling in Brazil, one set of pastors who was looking after the team decided that it would be much cheaper to put the evangelists in a brothel than a hotel. And the day before I arrived, the the ministry team that I was serving with had been in a brothel because it was cheaper than a hotel. I said to the guy, he... um, Kicked up a fuss and they had to move to, the pastors had to move them to a hotel. And uh, I said to him, I said, what on earth were they thinking? Because it's it's really cheap to go to a brothel if you don't want the woman. That's the logic. And I said, how inappropriate to house traveling evangelists in such a place and this guy said to me and it really made me think he said it's not just inappropriate he said some of these he said you just come from england just for 2 3 weeks but some of these people have been travelling for months without their wife right so for you it's inappropriate but for some of these guys it's more than inappropriate you're helping the devil out and so there are two kinds of there are two kinds of adultery. And I want to talk sort of about both of them and we'll keep going back from one to the other. Because there's such a thing as emotional adultery. There's such a thing as actually falling in love with someone who's married or uh, or, or, or who you are not married to. It's possible to have emotional Adultery, as well as physical adultery. And in many cases, before there's physical adultery, there's emotional adultery first. Let me just bring up a few ideas. Slowly, how do we commit adultery? How do people commit adultery? Well, they do it slowly normally. Yes, a few people are suddenly caught out. But most people who have an affair... Let's use another term, an affair. We're not talking about a one-night incident now. We're talking about an affair. Most people who have an affair, they walk a very slow road to find themselves ensnared that way. James 1 says this, that first of all, there's desire, which gives birth to sin, which gives birth to death. Most people on their wedding day do not think to themselves, I'm having a wonderful time. I can't wait for the reception. And five years from now, I'm going to commit adultery. Most people who begin a new job and they meet a new guy or a new girl in their job and they, they're getting on well with them, are not thinking to themselves, six months from now, we're going to be in adultery together. They don't, no one thinks that. Nobody thinks that. Not the pure of heart anyway. It's something that happens slowly. People who've had affairs say that the most dangerous period of them beginning to have an affair was when they started to share something with that person, that lady or that man, that it was more like intimate conversation they had. Or the person started to pour out their heart to them. They're nowhere near the bedroom. They're nowhere near physical adultery but yet something's happening and the girl goes home and thinks to herself the lady goes home and thinks to herself oh it was so nice to talk to John about that if only my husband would listen to me like him right and there comes a connection now of course People can be friends with people of the opposite sex. People can have good friendships with people of the opposite sex. Of course they can. But there comes a tipping point. There comes a moment of danger where all of a sudden it's become something else. And you'll know you're in adultery. You'll know you're in emotional adultery with that person at work because you go into work and they're not there and you miss them. And something has gone a bit too deep in you. Something's wrong. You should see as a warning light. You are missing someone. They've become too important to you. So people commit adultery slowly. People commit adultery secretly. Because it begins in a secret place, because it begins inside the heart. Something happens inside the heart. Now Jesus said, speaking of, of physical adultery, but I want to apply it today to emotional adultery, and I'm sure you'll agree that we can do that. He said you commit adultery where, first of all? In your heart. Matthew chapter 5. It begins, first of all, inside your heart. Now, you may be a single person here today, and, and we can apply these verses in, maybe in, in a slightly different way, which is you know that the relationships you need to have need to be with other Christian people because it's not going to work in any other way. And the Bible says that anyway, but you know it's not going to work in any other way. But you begin to have that emotional connection in your heart that cannot be satisfied. We were talking the other night in our session together about people who come and say, well, I know he's not a Christian, but the Lord's told me That he's going to be a Christian. Rubbish. You do not know that. Which Lord has told you that? The Lord in your head. But not the Lord in heaven. Well you may not like that. But that's true. It first begins inside the heart. The problem begins inside the heart. A secret conversation here. And by secret, I don't mean secret as in no one knows, but an intimate connection with someone who is married, someone who is not going to be part of your future single person, or you are married and you are having too much of a connection with someone with whom you are not married. We make so much of the wedding day, so much of the wedding day, the first day of the marriage. But don't you know that the most important day of anyone's marriage is the last day. Any fool can get out a credit card and pay for a wedding, can't they? Anyone can do that. Anyone could get a vicar and a band and have a wedding. Anyone could do that. But it takes a person of character to finish their marriage. I don't mean in divorce, by the way. I mean in death. It takes a person of character to do that. So adultery begins slowly. It's it's intimate as well. Having a shared lift home, meeting up at social functions. Number three, there's a huge amount of self denial goes on too. I was reading just actually just last night. I was reading the story of uh, David and Bathsheba. David, of course, committed adultery with Bathsheba, Second Samuel chapter 11 it is. And then in chapter 12, Nathan the prophet shows up and he says, you know what, someone around here has taken a darling little lamb from someone else. Someone who had everything has decided he wants more. And he's stolen a little lamb. And David says, who is this man? Have him put to death. And Nathan says, a famous line in the Bible, isn't it? You are the man. Speaking about what he'd done to Uriah. The husband of Bathsheba who David had had put to death. If you read the text carefully, you'll find that that incident occurred at least nine months later. Because uh, the child had been born. So that didn't happen the next week. Maybe it was a year later. And David is in such self-deception. Such self-deception. That when Nathan begins to speak about what he's done, he doesn't know it. What goes through adulterous minds? I've never committed adultery. So I can only imagine That huge levels of self-deception go on inside the person's head. He'll never find out. She'll never find out. It will be all right. What game plan must they have? I really don't know. I recently tried to help a man who committed adultery and intended to marry the girl whilst remaining married to the other woman. How did he figure that was going to work? Such self-deception. And like the, the writer in Proverbs, it says that he, he, he despised the instruction. He didn't want to listen to what people were saying. And all kinds of self-deception will kick in during adultery. Well, uh, uh, my wife doesn't treat me well. Uh, uh, Well, my husband isn't good to me. And all this will start to kick in. You know, I deserve a bit of happiness. Oh, it's terrible the way I've been treated. I deserve a bit of happiness. It's only right. And then he gets some quack, charismatic person say, and God's even showing me this. Which God? The God in your head. Not the God in the Bible. Not the God in heaven. It says in Proverbs 5, her paths are crooked. It says in Proverbs 5, verse 8, keep to a path far from her. Do not Go near the door of her house. Verse 5, the beginning. Her feet go down to death. I want to read a little bit of these warnings. And it's a bit like reading a cigarette uh, box. You know, this is going to lead to death. It's not pleasant to read it. It's not pleasant to type it. It's not pleasant to ingest it, but it's true. It's true. Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs 6 and verse 25. Let's read a little bit of this. Verse 25. Do not lust in your heart after her beauty, the beauty of the immoral woman. But this works just as well for The immoral man, you understand. Do not lust in your heart after his or her beauty. Or let her captivate you with her eyes. For the prostitute reduces you to a loaf of bread. i.e., that's all you're going to have left. And the adulteress preys upon your very life. Let's see if we can answer this question in verse 27. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? What's the answer? What's the answer? No. Can a man, verse 28, walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? What's the answer? Say it loud. It's true. It's no. You cannot commit adultery, physical or emotional, without being damaged, without disaster ensuing. Verse 29, so is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one who touches her will go unpunished. And then we go over into chapter 7. Chapter 7 is about a, a moral woman looking for this man. And and now she's writing. It's as though she's talking. And it says in verse 6, At the window of my house, I looked out through the lattice. I saw among the the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who lacked judgment. He was going down the street, near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house. There's the first problem, isn't it? There's the first problem. In the story, the immoral woman, or it could be an immoral man, is looking for trouble with someone. And who are they looking for? They're looking for someone who's going a bit near their house. In the Bible, we're not supposed to dance around on the line of sin. We're supposed to keep as far from it as we can. Can you say amen? I'm not supposed to say, well, you know, I went this, you know, this far, but I didn't quite go, didn't quite go over the line. No, but maybe next time you go over the line. Keep far from her house. If you are in a potentially dangerous, adulterous scenario, keep away from that person. Don't pray that God will strengthen you. Don't pray that God will purify you. Just keep away. You do the other stuff as well but keep away. So the man is going near her house. So there's already, there's already danger afoot. And she says to him, verse 18, come, let's drink deep of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not at home. He's gone on a long journey. He won't be back until full moon. And, She seduces him. And verse 22, this is what it says about this James Bond character. This is what it says about this daring, you know, romantic adventurer. Entering into the arena of love. It says verse 22, all at once he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter. There's nothing exciting about adultery. It's just a slaughterhouse. Like a deer stepping into a noose. And verse 23, perhaps the most brutal bit of all, till an arrow pierces his liver like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or straight into her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. You can't scoop fire into your lap and not be burned. I had a friend many years ago. And one time I was uh, walking around near where we were living. And I saw him stood outside. and He was just talking to a lady who worked in like a cafe. And it was a cafe where the wait, there wasn't much uh, uh, stuff being sold. And she was just stood in the door. And he was stood on a pavement. And they were they were somehow together. She was married, he was married. And just as I walked down, there was just something about them together. Just something. It wasn't the gift of the spirit. It wasn't some spiritual discernment. Just common sense. I looked at it. I thought, I don't don't like that. I don't like the look of him talking to her. I know that he's married. I know that she's married. And afterwards I got I, I got a bit brave. I said to him I said I'm a bit I'm a bit nervous about her. I didn't say I was nervous about him. I wasn't that brave. Because I, I I knew he loved his wife. But I said, I'm a little bit nervous about her. I'm a bit nervous about her. I don't I think you should I think you should keep away from her. About two weeks later, he he phoned me. He said, "Uh, I need your help. He said, her husband's after me. And he was a violent, violent man. Straight off Albert Square he was, where they punch people. And he wanted me to go with him to the house (laughs) to explain that everything was okay. I did. I was a bit of an idiot in those days. <laughs> do you know what I'd say now? What do you call a street pastor to do it? No, I went round. I went round to protect him from being beaten up by this guy. Now, no adultery occurred between them. And I'd suspect not even emotional adultery but boy, was there trouble! Let's, uh, I need to draw to a close in a minute, but let, let's talk about how we deal with this problem. Just to, just help. Well, what are some of the solutions the Bible affords us? Number one, prayer. Jesus says to the disciples in Mark fourteen and verse thirty-eight. He says, "I want you to pray that you not be." An, Do you not enter into temptation? We very rarely pray that about anything, you know. But we should pray that. Pray that you will not enter into temptation. You might believe that you are in a hugely secure marriage or relationship, or you might believe you're a single person who would never do this. And By the way, that's not such a bad thing. To say, I I would never do this. As long as you're not 100% sure that it's true. Because the Bible says, let those who stand take heed lest they fall. And the human heart is desperately wicked above all things. And adultery is sometimes like a microwave five minutes. But most times, it's 200 degrees for hours. And slowly but surely you find yourself being baked into its, into its domain. So we need to pray. It's not the first day of your marriage that's most important. It's the last day. Number two, we need to give ourselves to a bit of amputation. In that passage in Matthew 5 where Jesus speaks about uh, committing adultery of the heart, he says, if something is wrong, cut it off. Cut it off. Now, uh, he says, you know, pluck your eye out. Let, Let me just be really clear. Blind men still lust. You can chop your hand off, you still have lust. If you have some emotional connection to a lady or a fella at work or at the college or in your neighborhood, chopping your hand off actually doesn't do it. They may not fancy you much with one eye and one hand. And it'll hurt. And you try explaining that to accident and emergency. It's in the Bible. So it's not the eye that needs to come out. It's not the hand that needs to come off. The amputation needs to be, the relationship needs to be amputated. Can I give you a lift home tonight? No. Would you like to come round and let's have coffee? I want to talk to you. I'm afraid I can't. Amen. Well, shall I give you a lift home? It's snowing. That's fine. I I, I want to steal a snowman on the way home. (laughs) You haven't got room in your car. Listen, mate, you shovel a whole load of snowman into the back of her car. She won't fancy you much after that. It says, amputation, amputation. Facebook, delete. Her, I mean, or him. Not me. Keep me. (laughs) I'm about to change my profile pic. I'm about to have a Santa hat in the next few days. Lovingly prepared by Lee Tilbury. Email address, delete. Delete. Number in the mobile phone, delete. Goodbye. Well, he might be offended, and you might be eternally condemned. So, delete. Well, we're getting on really well. It's time to stop getting on well. If it's dangerous. Well, I'm going to pray about it. Well, no, you pray about it, but you pray about it and then you take some action. Amputation. For more physical adultery, of course, you can commit adultery on babestation.com too. Right? And That's adultery too. Delete. Do not go there. Do not go there. And there are all kinds of bits of software and all kinds of stuff to protect you from yourself. The best thing I ever heard on this topic was a preacher. He said this. He said, God's not looking for you to be strong. He's looking for you to be pure. I thought, that's a bit strange. Doesn't God want me to be strong? But pure is better. Pure is, I can't even get through that door. And number three. Bible solutions. Run for your life. Flee. It's a bit like amputation, I suppose. But in 1 Corinthians 6, it says this. Regarding sexual immorality, flee. Flee. Learn to run. Get out. Well, I'm waiting on God to strengthen me. Well, you run. And while you're running, God will strengthen you. What did Joseph do when Potiphar's wife, who I'm sure was stunningly beautiful, what did Joseph do when Potiphar's wife said, come to bed with me? He did not say, oh, well, this is a fabulous opportunity. To preach the gospel to her. Where's my Gideon Bible? It's nice to see you love. Let's open the Bible at John chapter 1. While he didn't want to look at her. What did he do? You tell me. He, he, He fled. He didn't pray about it. And he was a prophet after all. He could hear from God. He didn't say, I'll just lie down and have a dream and see if God will talk to me. He just got out. And regarding sexual immorality in the New Testament, on a number of occasions, the apostle Paul gives us the absolute answer. It's not to pray. It's not to meditate on the word of God. It's not to seek advice. It is to run. Run. Now, there are ways to Run. If that guy comes up to you tomorrow over coffee and says, How was your weekend? I'm not suggesting you flee out of the fire door. (laughs) Although he won't fancy you much after that. Get out. No one plans to commit adultery. A man or woman of God certainly does not. But you can end up with an arrow in your liver. It's in the Bible. An arrow in your liver. I never had that. But I I don't fancy that. trawling through some internet pictures, another arrow through your liver. Going to some inappropriate internet site, another arrow through the liver. Her lips may drip honey. You might like it, but it's going to kill you. It's going to kill you. So whether physical, emotional, whatever it may be, let's walk right before our God.